You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. This podcast is brought to you by NerdWallet. Are you paying for your me time with just any credit card in your wallet? While you shouldn't stop treating yourself, you should start paying with a credit card that has perks. NerdWallet lets you compare top travel credit cards side by side to maximize your spending, some even offering 10 times points on your spending. So what could future you do with better rewards? A free flight? Room upgrades? Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and term supply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Hi, everyone. I'm Katie Couric, and welcome to Next Question. It's a special day and a special bonus episode because I'm in Miami, everybody, for Super Bowl 54. It's the Kansas City Chiefs versus the San Francisco 49ers, two teams with something to prove to their diehard fans. The 49ers are headed to their seventh Super Bowl. We support our team in the high times and in the low times. It's been so long, so many bad years. We're taking it all the way. This is our year. It's been 50 years since the Kansas City Chiefs were last in the Super Bowl. After a lifetime of watching the Chiefs, this is an incredible win. Finally. This just means so much, not only to me, but to this entire city. Fans for both teams have been streaming into the city all week, all wearing red and gold, by the way, because for the first time in Super Bowl history, the teams share the same colors, even though the 49ers are a little more on the scarlet side. While the crowds are gathering all around Hard Rock Stadium, I've set up shop nearby in the sleep number booth at the Media Center, a giant space where there are camera crews and makeshift studios set up, people milling around, a lot of football players, and it's kind of crazy here, but a lot of fun. My guest today is a devoted football fan. In fact, he might be the biggest Chiefs fan of all time, and he's here wearing head-to-toe Kansas City Chiefs gear. Eric Stone Street, who plays Cam Tucker on Modern Family. It is time for some farm justice. 
Back home, when we have two alpha bulls, we lock them in a pen and let them fight it out. This is between Manny and Luke. Come on, let's go. Oh, and help yourself to a gingerbread person. They're both gluten and gender free. Oh. Hi, Eric Stone Street. Hi. I am so happy to see you. I'm so happy to see you. One of the nicest people on the planet you are. <laughs> well, thank you. That means a lot coming from you because you're one of the nicest well, people. We try, don't we? Yeah. And you are obviously pretty darn jazzed, Eric, because you are here to mm -hmm. cheer on mm -hmm. your team, mm -hmm. Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> so excited. Uh, you know, I've been you got your hat on. Oh, I got everything on. But, but about come September or October, this is basically all I wear in my wardrobe. Really? You know, look, it's comfortable. It, it's, it makes a statement. It represents what I love football, uh, Kansas City, but uh, no, I'm very excited. I've been a fan of the Chiefs since I was a little kid. You know, my aunt and uncle got me um, to go in their season tickets, and then my dad got me season tickets when I was maybe in eighth or ninth grade yeah. and, and had season tickets all through college, and then, of course, moved away to Chicago and Los Angeles, but I've always maintained my Chiefs fandom um, and knowledge. You know, I, football knowledge. You know, I just... I mean, I recognize all these guys walking around, legends. I just saw, oh my God, there's John Randall. Look, there's Anthony Munoz. You know, so I know so much about football. So being here and now representing the Chiefs and representing my team and having a reason to be at the Super Bowl is so fun. Now, did you play football when you were younger? I did. I just told Anthony Munoz I had a poster of him in my room. <laughs> Uh, even though he was a Cincinnati Bengal and I was a Chiefs fan, I said I had a poster in you in my room because I wanted to be an offensive tackle, but I never got big enough or good <laughs> at football. Really? So I played in high school, and, you know, I was fine, but never to the level that I would ever have garnered any kind but of scholarships. But you, uh, you, you grew, uh, I mean, you grew to love the sport, to play it, but also just as a super fan. Yeah, just a, just a fan and just uh, love the game and love Love everything about it. And you met a lot of players, I know, Eric, when you were younger, yeah. uh, growing up in Kansas City. And there's one actually very moving story. You met a, a young player at a mall signing. Yeah. Named Joe Delaney. Can you tell us that story? Yeah, I was at I was at Indian Springs Mall, and there were two players out signing autographs. Him and J.T. Smith, I believe, was the other one. But I got Joe Delaney's autograph, and that sort of was the moment that you know you look back of like when did your fan fanhood start for me? Right. And it was how like, old were you then? Well, six. I mean, seven, seven or eight. You know. Um, because I, I don't remember what year he passed away. Um, but then, of course, I got his autograph, and he played, I think, that next season, and then he, he passed away trying to, you know, save a kid in a... Who was drowning. In, drowning. And he drowned himself. He drowned himself, yep. I he mean... He was going to be... That was so heartbreaking. Yeah, going to be one of the greatest. That he, was, he was back in, I guess, 1983 or something, I, I, right? I, I'm, I'm not sure what the year was. Yeah, yeah, he died in 1983. 83. So I would have been probably uh, 10 when that when I met him. And so it was shortly thereafter where this accident took place, just yeah. a, a year or so afterwards? Yeah, after that. You know, I can't help but ask you a, uh, one question about this, Eric, because I just came from Los Angeles because I was at a stand-up to cancer scientific summit, and Eric, by the way, has been incredibly supportive of the work we're doing at stand-up. But boy, Los Angeles mm. was just... Uh, it's it a was different like place. If, if a city could cry... Los Angeles was crying. Stunned. I was in Kansas City uh, when I found out the news and immediately reflected on, you know, as we all do, what our personal experience was and has been with people that we've lost or passed away. And 
The story that came to mind for me was um, he came to the set of Modern Family one day. He, we got word that, hey, Kobe's coming to Modern Family. We're like, what? And so he comes and, and watches us rehearse and shoot. And he was just sitting there just pay, taking it all in. And, and I said, so what do you think, Kobe? And he goes, well, it's cool how you guys rehearse because it's like us setting an, an offense. You know, you have to be here so she can be here. And then if you move that way, then this person counters and does this. So it's really neat for me to see all this happen. And then at the end, I said, so what made you, you know, come today? And he goes, you know, I woke up this morning and I just, I felt like I wanted to watch something funny. And what I thought that, A, was so cool is like most people just turn on the TV and watch something or, but Kobe Bryant's like, no, I'm going to go to a set in the soundstage and watch something. And then he says, and plus, you told me to stop by sometime. And I'm like, Kobe. And he goes, you did. Last year, you told me to stop by. And I'm like, well, yeah, but like. Who knows if he was serious? I know I told him to stop by, but yeah. who knows if he was serious about Probably in passing, like, yay, come by some yeah. one day. But the fact that he remembered that and then referenced it and made a joke about it, but came and, and so hungry to learn. And, and he referenced that, you know, why would I go to any other show? You guys are the best. I want to watch the best do what they do. And, and every time I saw him was just so delightful and such a nice person and always with his family and would always introduce and take yeah. pictures and whatever. Just heart, heartbreaking. It's tragic heartbreaking. And, and so sad for all those families. All those families and those young girls and a lot of the surviving children left that one family without a mom or a dad or a sister. It's just, uh, I don't know, but obviously we're continuing to keep Vanessa Bryant in our prayers yep. because uh, it's going to be a long, difficult road for her. And I thought what... what Barack Obama, President Obama said, you know, he was just getting started on his second act. And I do believe he would have done great things. But I hope absent of that, you know, people will be inspired to do great things. Well, in I think his that's honor. what he did. I think that's what he did while he was living. And I think that's his legacy. He'll continue to do that um, after he's gone. Yeah. Well, let, getting back to, I'm going to talk to you about Modern Family, which is ending soon. I know. Uh, and, and I'm sure you're sad about that, but but let's let's get back to football, football! just for a few minutes. Um, you, you go to almost every game. How do you do that with your schedule? Well, this season with Patrick Mahomes, I just decided that this was a year I wasn't going to miss a game. So I went to every Chiefs home game this year um, with the notion that we would be here. I... I Having gotten to know the general manager of the Chiefs, Brett Veach, and Andy Reid, the head coach, a little bit, and Mark Donovan, the president, you know, I just really felt like, given what I listened to them say, this was, we were going to make it to the Super Bowl this year. And there's plenty of documentation of me <laughs> saying that. Um, yeah. And I'm not a cocky guy. I don't like to put the cart before the horses type of thing, but it just felt like we were so close last year. Our roster got better this year. So, given that, we should make we should go to the Super Bowl now. It's called any given Sunday for a reason. Any team can beat any team any day. But um, I just felt like we were going to be here. Now, when you went to those games, were your do you still have family in Kansas City? Oh yeah, and mm -hmm. oh, you do. Oh yeah. So are they all oh, so yeah. into it? Are they coming to the Super Bowl? No. Well, just Lindsay and I are here at the Super Bowl. Um, but my mom would come to all the home games. We'd get her there, and my Aww. sister would come. And um, and what about like friends from high school? Oh, friends from high school. Are you still close to them? Some, some for sure. We stay in touch. I have a lot of friends that I'm still in touch with. College buddies a lot. And um, where'd you go to college? Again? Kansas State. Oh God, my God, you are. Hardcore Kansas, baby. Yeah, baby. <laughs> you know, but there's something to that, though, and something that I think you appreci can appreciate and other people can appreciate is 
I'm proud of where I'm from. You know, I'm pr- I, I, my parents chose to raise me in Kansas because that's where they're from. And I don't like it when places get painted with, with broad brushes. I'm not a fan of broad strokes in that way. I don't want people to just think that everyone from Kansas is a certain way or any, everyone from that part of the country. There are good people everywhere. I agree with you 100%. And so I love to put the spotlight on where I'm from and draw attention to where I'm from because they're... There's great food there, there's great entertainment, there's great culture, there's great people, great sports, obviously, with the Royals and the Chiefs. So I, I love being from Kansas, and I love telling people about it. That's so nice, and I think you should be. There's no reason to be proud, but I think in the current culture and landscape that we're in, you know, people, yeah. people Run to their I identify, we're so tribal, and we make assumptions about people that are completely untrue. And, you know, I just wish everybody would be not not be so hard on each other. Yeah, right. Truth. You know, has your relationship with the game changed at all? Obviously, the game has gotten some some tough press and understandably so with the number of injuries with CTE and, mm-hmm. and on field collisions and traumatic brain injuries. And I'm just curious. um, you know, has that changed your relationship with football at all? You know, it has. It hasn't for me. I haven't played the game. Of course, I'm empathetic to people that, you know, have suffered, you know, health issues because of playing football. I think 99.9% of the people that have suffered that, and I'm, of course, I don't know this for a fact. I'm just basing it off my interviews that I've seen, would all say they would do it again. Like, they would all play the sport again the same way because of what they got out of it, you know? So I have to yield to players. I think the NFL is is doing a lot to make the game safer. They are. They're improving helmets. There are some changes in the rules, and a lot of resources have been devoted to making the sport safer. Um, and it starts with youth football. It starts with, you know, a genera- teaching a g- this new generation of kids how to tackle and how not to put yourself in, the, in a situation to potentially get, you know, injured. So... Hopefully they're making the right strides and, um, I, you know. I feel like concussions in general in all sports yeah. are taken are treated much more seriously oh, now. Oh, for sure. I was talking to someone the other day. They said, oh, you bang your head. It'd be like, give them smelling salts. Get back out there, right, kid. Right. And now, of course, I think that there's so much more medical information that that people take it much, much more seriously. Yeah, I think so. And I think as long as the NFL, and I know they are in colleges and everyone's, you know, making strides and using uh, the technology for good to make the game safer, then I think um, that's obviously moving in the right direction there. So um, a Super Bowl prediction from Sleep Number, by the way, because we're here in the Sleep Number yeah. booth. Um, you know, Sleep Number's working with a lot of NFL teams, including the Chiefs. Kansas City, oh, yeah. because they're really trying to help Sleep is kind of very underrated, and it's so critically important, and it's a, a lack of sleep is an epidemic in this country. So according to Sleep Number, Kansas City is a slightly more well-rested city than San Francisco. Ooh. So they're putting their money on the Chiefs. Hello. What do you think of that? I love it. <laughs> I love it. I know a lot of the Chiefs players, and they all have their sleep numbers. They all use them. Really? As we're talking, Travis Kelsey's right above us talking about his sleep number. Yeah, isn't that great? And uh, there's, I think that's his mom or something. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's awesome. Uh, I, I'm, I'm happy to hear anyone predict the Chiefs to win from any angle, so what I'm are happy. The, what are the what are the bookies or whatever they are? Uh, what are I think they we're saying? a one and a half point favorite, which is essentially a coin toss. Yeah, it's a good. It's going to be a great game. 
that's what we have. Do you think it'll be high scoring? I do. I think it's going to be in the 30s. Because I guess people were a little bit disappointed last year, right? Because it was yeah, such it was a, a low scoring. It was a defensive battle. I don't think this is going to be a defensive battle. I think it's going to be an offensive juggernaut. I think we're going to go back and forth on each other a little bit. I'm just so nervous. I'm so excited. You are. It, it's just a control thing, you know. Yeah. It's the same reason you get nervous, you know, doing things that you don't have any flying, for example. You know, you get nervous about that because you're you're not making any of the decisions. I'm not a I'm not a coach. So everything's in the hands of and it's a good thing I'm not a coach. Let's be very clear about that. <laughs> Would you like to be a coach? Well, you are. You're not a coach, but you play one on TV. I played one on TV. Yeah. And speaking of that, we're going to talk about the the last season of of Modern Family. Boo hoo! We're Dead. gonna we're, we're gonna, done. We're gonna do it right after this. From BBC Radio Four, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. We're back with Eric Stone Street. We're here. If you guys are hearing some ambient noise, we're yeah. in the media center for uh, the Super Bowl. So we've got a lot of crews lot of milling around, players. a lot of football players, uh, people with microphones kind of in search of, right? Anyone who will talk to them. So um, let's talk about Modern Family. I can't believe it. 11 you must, years. You, 11 years and 22 Emmys, including two for you, my yeah. friend. Yeah. Um, you, I mean, you must be feeling so many different emotions right I now. I am, and it has to do with what we just talked about, which is football, which is the most exciting time in my sports life. The Chiefs are in the Super Bowl, while at the same time, it's one of the saddest moments in my professional life 
saying goodbye to a dream role and a dream job for the last 11 years. Well, I mean, how lucky, right? What does D Dr. Sousa say? Don't cry because, because it's, over. it's over. Smile because it happened? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's definitely our approach. Like, we are most definitely thankful and grateful that it happened. Um, it's going to be hard. You know, I, I've kind of said I didn't go to acting school, but I know one thing they don't teach you in acting school is how to be on a show 11 years and develop a hundred and some odd different relationships with crew and cast. Right. And then all of a sudden say goodbye to that. You don't learn how to do that. You yeah. have to do that. And, you know, you've said goodbye to jobs and people that you've loved and worked with for years and years. This is the first time I've ever had this extended period of time in my life with the same people for nine, some 11, some five, six years. So... I'm just going to try to keep my heart and mind and eyes open and enjoy every moment of it and let the emotions hit me when they hit me. Um, and they've started to, most definitely, you know. Was Cam the role of a lifetime for you, Eric? Oh, I think so. There's, you know, people have always said, like, oh, aren't you worried about being typecast? And, you know, and that's a popular question, I guess, for people to ask. But if that, if that's it, I mean... It's great. I mean, it's just, I, I never imagined it for my career. I was going to ask you, how did you get that role? And oh. was, it, was it competitive? Uh, you know, how did it happen? It, 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 it was competitive. I came into the process late. They'd cast a few of the other parts. And I, you know, had four auditions for the, for the, for the, for the role, you know, which isn't uncommon in Hollywood to keep kind of having to jump through hoops. But... You know, Steve and Chris, the creators of the show, they had an idea of what maybe Cam looked like, and I don't think I was it at first. <laughs> yeah. And so they, they, you know, passed on me, not meaning I was a terrible actor or a ter terrible performer. but Just, just not that, what they had yeah, in mind. Yeah, they just didn't think it. But to their credit, and thankfully to them, they, they kept being reminded by my audition, and they kept their minds open and their hearts open, and they were like, you know what, bring that guy back in, because we keep thinking about his audition. And then they decided to test me, and I tested at 20th and tested at ABC and got the part. And uh, now and I'm here with you. That's the rest of the Talking story. About so, the end. so in 2009, when this show started, Eric, it was truly groundbreaking. And I was so thrilled that it, you know, it, it showed all kinds of underrepresented people mm -hmm. on television living normal lives. How did that evolve? Because I feel like. The country has evolved and attitudes have evolved, perhaps in some ways because of, of what you did on Modern Family. How did you continue to kind of update and push the envelope during the course of the show? Well, just as life happens, you know, that's the beauty of the blueprint of that show is, is that a as a family, you know, it ebbs and flows, right? Right. Tragedies happen, shocking things happen, growth, you know, job changes financial issues, whatever, those all thing, those things all happen. So with Mitch and Cam, the goal always was from the beginning that um, make people laugh. You know, we want to make, we want these characters to make people laugh. We want these characters to be a mirror for everyone, not just a mirror for a gay, gay couple, people, yeah. not just a mirror for a lesbian couple, but a, a mirror for everyone. And I think the writers did such a good job of putting us in situations that, that, weren't defined by our sexuality. I always said from the beginning, Mitch and Cam's goal was to prove that they could be terrible, as terrible pa parents as anyone else. <laughs> yeah. And as, as mis you know, 
Um, it's like gay marriage. People would say, why can't gay people be as miserable yeah, as the rest of exactly. us? Exactly. <laughs> and, 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 you know, we just wanted what defined Mitch and Cam to be that they were men, that they were partners, that they were fathers and they were sons and they were, you know, all these other things and let the fact that they were gay be one of the things that they are, but certainly isn't at the top of the list of what everybody needs to know about them. You know, right. it's like, it's not important. I was going to ask you how much of you <laughs> was in camp because listen, you know, you grew up on a farm. Yeah. Cam grew up on a farm. You guys have a lot of similarities. You like to clown. Oh, Do I yeah. use that as a verb? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What does that mean? Cla clowning? What, yeah. Clowning. It means you like to dress up as a clown. Well, but clowning is comedy. I was I was clowning earlier because I keep tripping on this carpet out there for some reason. <laughs> and I literally tripped leaving that way. And then when I came back, I tripped at the same place. I'm like, how did I trip at the exact same place? And then there was a group of firemen there and I knew that they were listening to me. So then I said, I tripped at this that same exact place and then I tripped again just for their benefit that's like an example of clowning you know uh just having fun and you know entertaining people I wanted to do that when I was a kid I wanted to be in the circus and to get to be on Modern Family and play Fizbo the clown in the greatest circus of all time Hollywood um was uh, just a complete complete dream come true but did the writers take some aspects oh, of your yeah, personality yeah, yeah. and background and really incorporate them into the character oh yeah all of us you know they sat down with us and just listened and we talked and they just mined what they wanted and left some behind and um so thankful for that grounds the characters yeah and you you know one of the things i wanted to ask you is about this new attitude about casting certain people for certain roles like now uh, people are offended uh, or take issue when a character who does not identify as similarly as the character is cast. For example, a trans person should play a trans person, not a non-trans person. A gay person should play a gay person, a gay character. You know, Latinos should mm -hmm. play Latinos on and on and on. And I wonder if you've gotten any pushback because you are not gay yeah. for playing a gay man. I think there are definitely people out there that have a problem with it and did when I got the part. I don't, you know, here's the thing. Hollywood has a tried and true method of how they cast parts, right? They bring people in and then the creators and producers of the show decide who they think is best. Now, did a lot of gay people audition for the role of Cam? A hundred percent, right? You know, did a lot of straight people? Ab absolutely. And I think it's a real slippery slope when we start saying, okay, we just want you to check this box to tell me if you're gay or not before we let you audition for this part. I mean, how would that even work? Like, how would you even say, like, no, I swear I'm gay. It's like, and what about people that aren't comfortable with being out but are, you know, quietly gay? It's like, well, no, but I'm gay. But I can't say that I'm gay because I don't want my parents to know yet. But no, I'm gay. I can audition for this part. It just doesn't make sense. I mean, we have to just... Obviously, give everyone a chance. That's and uh, I think open the doors for 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 people who haven't haven't had opportunities 100%. in the past. But I don't know. I mean, this is my opinion. I hope it doesn't get me in trouble. But I I feel like actors. That's what acting is. You take on the persona of someone else. Well, that's the gift to me from a performer. The gift to me is to be able to play someone like that. Like that. That's the exchange. I bring who I am and what's in my heart to that character, and that character then returns a tremendous amount to me that's the exchange we have and me bringing my life experiences to someone else is what we should sort of be celebrating um but i just think you know you don't want to go down that road because uh so then 
I just think it's opportunity. As long as everyone's getting an opportunity to audition. And look, I can make the case that for 12 years before I got on Modern Family, I, I didn't get a t tremendous amount of opportunities, but maybe because of the way I looked. I didn't maybe get Cam because of me being a heavy set guy. They didn't think that that was who Cam was. And so there are all kinds of reasons people don't get parts. There's only usually one reason they do. You know, there's, it's because somebody decided that that's who they want to play the part. And as long as there's opportunity and people are allowed to be in the room equally, which I'm 100% supportive of, you got to yield to the creative process, which is, this is who we want to play this part. And I think just be aware of your implicit biases and make sure yeah. that people are open to the possibilities, just as you had to open their eyes that you could play Cam sure. as well as somebody who looked different than you. You know, and my mom always, you know, said when they when the show first started, they were like, people would say, oh, well, are you, what do you think of your son playing, you know, a gay guy on TV? And I told her, she said, well, what am I supposed to say to that? I don't care. And I said, mom, what you need to say to them is that you watched your son murder people on TV and no one ever asked that question. What's it like to watch your son murder someone on TV? You know, that never was a question anyone ever thought to ask. But bringing that back to what your initial question was is like, so, you know, you're going to have to find people with real life experiences in everything if you start using that line in casting. It's so like, you have to cast convicted yeah, felons for yeah, which, uh, murders. Again, if you're out of jail and have done your time, you should, and you're an actor and you have an agent, come on into the audition, you know, for that murderer. Show us how it's done. What does Eric really think of his Modern Family castmates? You'll find out when we come back. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. 
we are back with Modern Family's Eric Stone Street. So, eleven seasons. Yeah. Is there any? Are there any particularly intense memories you have, either funny, poignant, of experiences you had on the show? There are so many. I mean, the Fizbo episode, crying, calling my parents and telling them that there's an episode called Fizbo the Clown that we're shooting next week was a pretty big emotional moment. But I would say when... Why was that so emotional? Well, because I wanted to be a clown. My dad gave me the name Fizbo the Clown when I was a kid. And now, you know, here I showed the writers an article about me as a kid. And now it's an episode of television. Um, I would say I always go back to when we found out the show was picked up for what's called its back nine. You know, when I got the job, auditioned for the job and got the job, that was awesome. I was very excited. But, you know, that's my job, to get those jobs. So I was, like, measured. Well, now we have to... And then the show got picked up. And it's like, well, that's out of my control. That's not up to me. I did the best I could. Now it's up to the show creators and the networks and the, the studio to see if this fits on TV. Not, not under my control. So that was, a great, that was a great day, but not the biggest day. But the day that the show got picked up for the back nine, meaning we were going to do a complete season of 24 episodes on ABC... That started to pave, pave a way for my mind to imagine, oh, man, we're going to be on TV a long time. Because if we do one full season, they're never going to do one full season and just cut us. They're going to do a second season. And if they're going to do a second season, now we're getting kind of sniffing syndication. So they're not going to let it go after two seasons. So we're going to do three. And if we do three, we may as well do four. And oh, my gosh, four, five. So then you start imagining, like, I'm going to be on TV for a while. So I think still to this day, the day the back nine got picked up, is the most important day and is what is responsible to leading me here right now. I want to name some of the people in Modern Family. I just want you to kind of give me a short, instantaneous reaction. Okay? Yep. Ed O'Neill. Legend. Just down just down home. All he wants to do is have something in his crock pot and an MMA fight on TV. Holding, a, holding one of his collectible knives, just sitting at home. Ed O'Neill right now, no doubt, is cooking something, holding one of his knives in his house, and watching a sporting event. That's Ed O'Neill. Super nice, though, I Super imagine, nice, very right? Nice, very nice. Funny or not that very funny, funny in real life? Very funny. Very funny. Very funny. Different kind of funny than uh, Jay? You know, Yes, different. I mean, Ed's 70-some years old. He's from Ohio. I mean, he's got different life perspective, and he sometimes catches you off guard with what his humor is. Yeah. Sophia Vergara. Generous, beautiful, inside, out, nice, um, hilarious, self-deprecating. Rico Rodriguez, who plays Manny. Sweet. Just a good kid. Can't get any better than, than Rico. Julie Bowen. <laughs> Energy. Goes 2,400 miles a day. I mean, she is a, a mile a minute. Good mom, caring, polite, I smart. always really liked her. Oh, yeah, she's great. Isn't she great? Amazing. Smart, too. Very, uh, brown, brown yeah. graduate. Yeah, Ty Burrell. Uh, Ty Burrell is so, uh, he's like a, a, what do you call it, a, 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 a when a guy can do everything. Oh, a renaissance, renaissance man? man. Yeah. He wants to make his own sausage. He wants to brew his own beer. He wants to do this. He I wants met to... him at an event, and he was super nice, oh. and I met his wife. Yeah, they were Holly. lovely. She's a baker. I mean, he's he, and he's a, he's just They a, sound very crunchy. They, they, well, they're from Utah. <laughs> they, live, they live up in Utah, and he's just, he's an awesome, friendly, awesome guy. Sarah Hyland. 
uh, talented. I'm blown away by uh, Sarah's acting when I got on the show and saw started seeing her in episodes. I'm like, oh, wow, she's great. She's really good. Ariel Winter. Sweet, nice. Um, do you worry about child actors? I do. Not these kids. No. no. Nolan Gould. <laughs> Smart. He's you know he's a Mensa. And he plays a dumb character. He is a Mensa? <laughs> yeah, he's in Mensa, yeah. Wow. Yeah, he's very smart. Are you in Mensa? I should be. I should be too. Yeah. Let's 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 uh let's, let's I think we need to. Yeah. Wait, maybe we should start a petition. Well we need to get them to lower the standards. <laughs> yeah. And then we'll get in. And finally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I wanna ask you well, actually two two more. Oh yeah. Uh, your name's on here, but oh, I'm not going to do that. Great, Jesse. Humble, <laughs> humble, charming, incredibly talented, wonderful lover. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I enjoy him in bed. I enjoy him very much. All of him in bed. He's a wonderful guy. <laughs> Jesse Tyler Ferguson. Oh man, Jesse's. You know. Are you guys super tight? You know, we are super tight. But here's the thing that's so great about Jesse and I's relationship. We're we're so different. Like, and we are a great example of how people can be completely different and have a great friendship. Like, there's no doubt that I'm here at the greatest sporting event of all time. And he's probably at Barbara Streisand tonight. You know, like we do completely different things. And we have so many moments from our past where I'll tweet out or Instagram out a picture of me at Brock Lesnar's MMA fight. <laughs> and he's seeing Lady Gaga in Las Vegas for the 30th time. Multi uh, uh, what is MMA? It's don't, don't, don't uh, mixed martial mixed arts. Martial arts. Yeah, Sorry, yeah. I knew I was thinking I, I couldn't remember the mixed part. But my point is, is we we have a fantastic relationship. We've only really been mad at each other a couple times, like where we... When did you get mad at oh, him? Oh, second, second season, we got mad at each other for something, and I don't remember what it was, but uh -oh. we, it was stupid. And we both just went to each other and we're like, you know, what are we doing? We, we're going to be working together forever, so we can't be mad at each other. But So who, who, who made the first move to apologize? Well, Jesse's the type of person that I can't stand if he's upset. He's got that kind of personality. Yeah. Where I might have a personality where like, oh, Stone Street's mad, good, let him sit there for a while. <laughs> you know or, you know what I mean? Yeah. You know those people. Yeah. Where Jesse's the type of person, it's like, I don't want Jesse to be mad at me. I don't want Jesse to be upset. So I need to bridge this gap here. So even, you were the bigger person. Not always. I'm not always. I, th I don't even remember in that moment what it was, but I just know that we had a conversation, which is we don't have time to be mad at each other. So let's just be super upfront and honest with each other. But, you know, the other thing about our show that made it all of us get along so well is we don't work together all the time. You know, we're modular. So I'm working with Jesse the most, which means I'm not working with Ty and Julie. I'm not working with Ed and Sophia. So we don't have a lot of time for each other to really get on each other's nerves right. as much as other ensemble shows. And finally, Aubrey Anderson Emmons, who played Lily, your daughter. Yeah, well, she's come a long way. You know, we had two twins that did not want to be there. We had a set of twins that did not want to be there. They cried all the time. So we fired their asses. Uh, <laughs> no, we... we, we You're did, toast. Yeah, we did what a family would do, and we removed them from a situation that they clearly weren't having a yeah. good time in. It was uh -huh. not worth it. And they they found um, Aubrey, and you know she she's so cute, so sweet when she got there. But you know she she had her own struggles with wanting to be there and doing it, and she's really come into her own as a young lady now. I'm so proud of who her personality has become and what she is. And what do you think the secret sauce of the show was, Eric? I mean, just great writing, great characters, very modern. 
family. I mean, the, 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 the secret sauce of the show is, is families are universal. No matter where you are, what country you're in, we all suffer the same <laughs> drama, the same stuff back and forth. And it just, it, it's, it's all relatable. And even when we would, we would write something, you know, we would write something on, and I would think like, there's nobody that's going to get that joke or nobody's going to like that joke. We would inevitably be out somewhere and be like, oh my God, when you said that, that happened in my family, that exact same thing happened. And that's where, you know, writers are brilliant. They're like chefs. You know, you don't sit down in a restaurant and look at a menu and think like, man, elk and blueberry jam and foie gras is going to go great together. It takes somebody to tell you that's going to be good. And then you taste it and you're like, that's really good. And that's what comedy <laughs> writers do. They, they create the taste of what is funny. And we've had the best writers maybe in Hollywood history on that long of a run of a TV show. So what's ahead for you when you think about, okay, what am I going to do next? Are you and your cute girlfriend, Lindsay, going to take some time off? <laughs> We're talking about you, Lindsay. <laughs> Um, you know, she, she was sort of spacing for a minute. I don't know what we're, I don't know what I'm going to do. I, I'm not, but here's the thing is what Modern Family has afforded me the opportunity to do is not worry about it. I don't want to go away forever because you know how Hollywood is. Uh, I go away and people forget, you know, who I am or what I've done. Or they'll miss you even more. Well, potentially. And that's the other thing about getting to play the character I got to play. People got to know me, you know, for playing a character. They don't know, they haven't gotten to know me. And usually people don't like me as much as they like my character. <laughs> that's what I felt. That must always be the, well, not always, but, you know. Yeah. It's, it's hard to talk in real life and yeah. be as funny as, yeah. as, as sure. you are when you're reading sure. uh, comedy and, writers' words, right? Although a, you're pretty damn funny. And I have a completely different sense of humor than my character does, which always cuts, catches people off guard, but... I'll find something to do that's meaningful and fun. But you're not you're not thinking about it. Are you thinking, gee, I'd love to do a play, or are no, you just gonna kind of I've savor never, the end of this run? I'm gonna savor it and then jump in and find something that is exciting. I've never done a multicam comedy like a traditional sitcom. Uh huh. That that sounds fun to me to do that because it's like doing a play every every week. And now there's so many opportunities with so many oh, outlets, yeah. which I guess the. Conversely, you think it's so much content. How can anything break through? It's 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 an incredible time, but a challenging yeah, time right now, right? I'm, but I'm excited. That's the good news. Is I'm thankful, I'm grateful, and I'm excited to see what's next. Well, before we go, you have to tell me quickly about this video you did with the Chiefs. Oh, Randy Reed. Yeah. Okay. Explain to people who may not understand. Well, Andy Reed's the head coach of the Kansas City Chiefs, and I wanted to do a video celebrating Andy Reed and the Chiefs, so I played his brother. Randy Reed, seeing what he does, seeing what these guys do, it's a lot different than what I do. I have a jet ski business in Oxnard, California. And it's just something my friend <laughs> How Jerry- How did you come up with that? Well, came up with the idea a few years ago, and then my friend Jerry Collins, I asked him if he wanted to help me write it, and he came up with you know a lot of the stuff, and then we just went to training camp and improvised it. But uh, it was very popular in Kansas City, and, and Coach Reed was in it, and him being in it really grounded it and made it feel real, and a lot of people, Patrick Mahomes, uh, girlfriend, as she watched it apparently and was like, man, Andy Reid's brother is, he's something else. And she's like, Patrick's like, that's Eric Stone Street. That's not, but that was happened a lot. Like, really? A tremendous amount. Yeah, she wasn't one of the only ones that I got that message about. Uh, but it was just meant to be a love letter to my favorite, you know, football team, and Kansas City Chiefs. Where are you going to be sitting for the Super Bowl? Do you have good seats? Are you, am I allowed oh, well, to I'll, ask? I'll tell you where I'm sitting and then you tell me if you think they're going to be good seats with the commissioner of football. Oh. 
Hmm? Aren't you the one? <laughs> That'll be fun. So are you going to be in a box? Are you going to be in the stands? I think stands? I'm going to be in a box. I, I, you I don't, don't want to be in the stands? I no. picture you as a want to be in the stands No, guy. I need to focus. I need to go to the bathroom when I need to go to the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to. I love the stands. You're probably not going to be super sociable because you're going to no, be so nervous. I'm not sociable. I'm not sociable. You are. No, at football games, I'm not. Oh, you're not no, at football games. No, I want to just watch the game. I don't want to chit-chat. But no, the reason I'm sitting with with Roger is because five years ago, he invited me to the Super Bowl because his wife and he and his daughters are big fans of the show. He called me and said, we'd like you to come to the Super Bowl. And I said, no, thank you. It's true. You said no, thank I you? I said, no, I'm not coming to the Super Bowl until the Chiefs are in it. And he said very funnily, funny, funnily, <laughs> funnily, funnily. I don't know. that's not a word. <laughs> I think it might be. I just made it up. He said in a very funny way, uh, okay, if you want to wait that long, that's up to you. And I was like, okay, Roger, game on. And so the last two years I've been Roger, the Chiefs are in the AFC championship, <laughs> rain check time. And this year we won. So um, uh, he, he he's made good on his invitation to the to the Super Bowl, and I made good on me never coming to the Super Bowl until the Chiefs are in it. Well, awesome. Well, I am rooting for the Chiefs because I love you. So, yes. by extension, I love the Chiefs. Good. Sorry to the 49ers, You're okay. but That's okay. they've I don't had know. a lot of their. They've had a lot of fun. They had I Joe know. Montana. So did we, though. Are you the most famous fan, by the no, way? No, Paul Rudd, Jason Sudeikis. Are they all coming? Rob Riggle. I'm sure they'll all be here, but we're all fans. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you. But, um, love seeing you. Bye. And that does it for this special bonus episode of Next Question from Miami. Thank you to Sleep Number for the cozy podcast booth. And thanks to my guest, Eric Stone Street, for the fun conversation. I just love that guy. And thank you all for taking the time to listen to this before the big game. Enjoy the Super Bowl. Check out my commercial. I think it happens in the first quarter. And what can I say? I was brilliant. But don't blink because you'll miss me. Until next time and my next question... I'm Katie Couric. Next Question with Katie Couric is a production of iHeartRadio and Katie Couric Media. The executive producers are Katie Couric, Courtney Litz, and Tyler Klang. The supervising producer is Lauren Hansen. Our show producer is Bethann Macaluso. The associate producers are Emily Pinto and Derek Clements. Editing by Derek Clements, Dylan Fagan, and Lowell Berlanti. Mixing by Dylan Fagan. Our researcher is Gabriel Loser. For more information on today's episode, go to katiecouric.com and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at katiecouric. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought... In that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.
Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.